Hello, friend. Welcome to the Watery Desho podcast. We are so happy to have the pleasure of your company. If this is your first time listening, sit back, relax. We hope you enjoy. If you are coming back because you enjoy our content and you'd like to support us, you can go to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Desho. We've got all kinds of fun rewards and bonus content like early access, Discord roles, additional audio and video content, all in three budget-friendly tiers. If you're not able to support us financially, no biggie. We totally understand. If you'd like to help us out uh, for free, you can always give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, which helps our discoverability. You can follow us on SoundCloud, on Twitter, at WaterWeDesho. You can always send us an email at WaterWeDesho at gmail.com if you want to correspond with us. We may not get to read every correspondence on the show, but I can promise you that we do read and try to respond to every single one because we do love our community, which we hope you'll be a part of. Thank you for your kind attention, friend. And without further ado, let's get to the show. Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and envies. Welcome to another episode of Stream of Thought from Watery Desho. Um, we're back. Uh, it's not a dinosaur story, but uh, it is a Viking story. It's a story of Viking television getting preempted various times and going off the air for weeks at a time. But finally, finally. We have returned. Viking talk can commence. Uh, Tinlin saga. Vin Tin. Did you it's just time. did you just say Vin Ten? <laughs> I did say Vin Ten. Oh my god! For those of you, that's it. For those of you listening, but yep. Yeah. Mm, mm. The person, the person, gu- for for those of you listening by audio only, the person guzzling. The banana bread flavored beverage is uh, our favorite uh, Chester of Man. It's uh, Shadon. Well, you, you, come on. If you've been following Wari Desho for even two episodes now, you'll know I'm the raging out-of-the-closet alcoholic of the of the podcast, you know? That's right. Like, <laughs> There's no, nothing. No, no surprises here. You don't need to be fucking Sherlock to guess, oh, I wonder who that is who's drinking deeply, you know, in response to a silly comment, <laughs> who, who, who's got the sound like, you know... A, a fucking weasel being caught in a trap when he's, you know, like in deep pain. No surprises there. It would be me. <laughs> the guzzling, the clinking glasses. Yep. All those sounds are coming from that side of the Atlantic. Uh, I, of course, am the unfortunately sober, subtle doctor. I'm here. I just have, I just have this aggressive. You're not going to eat it, are you? No. Well, why would I? <laughs> You, 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 you said you, you said you had nothing to drink, so I was worried that you were going to end up. I mean, like, okay, you know, that's better. That's better. Nothing, um, you know, as fun as what you have, um, folks. Let us know if uh, we are having technical problems or anything like that on stream. We should be up on Twitch, and also, um, I forgot the name of the service. 
That's not YouTube. What do you, what do you Periscope? Uh, we should be streaming also via Periscope. Um, so that should be happening. And, uh, yes. So, Vinland Saga episode 10 this week. We're going to talk about it. We have uh, some thoughts and feelings. Shadon has watched it twice. I've only watched it once, but we have pages and notes. Well, to be fair, like you know, I did kind. Of, it's kind of cheating to survive Ragnarok and come back to talk about it. So that's why you only watched it once. That's true. well. It depends, right? Like, um, we'll talk about, I guess, whether wh- whether you're referring to Ragnarok as it was sort of originally conceived, or sort of. The, the one that started to get passed down post uh, Christianity's encounter with <laughs> the Norse religions. Because there is a version where there's a rebirth and some of the gods get to kind of come back and a new sort of verdant planet emerges from the void that the previous one, you know, went down into all ablaze. Um, maybe that's the true Vinland is the new, <laughs> the new planet that are the new the new world mm, i'm just disappointed this particular episode wasn't guest directed by taika waititi so hey there we go <laughs> stop <laughs> he, he's a great director uh, he would have been fantastic <laughs> with this uh it would probably had a bit too much led zeppelin in it though i could just imagine often doing that jump that like you know goes from you know when he's trying to get on that wall and then just immigrant song starts playing i'm sure someone can like amv that maybe i should do that myself immigrant song Oh, that will be that will be quite something. It all fits. Um, I, tr- I assure you, I, I can confirm. Villain Saga is indeed part of the MCU. <sighs> I mean, that's how. That, that... <laughs> why do we need? Why do we need to bring this? Okay, now, now, enough, enough with the banterishness. <laughs> um, hello, Sophie. Hello. Let's, for one last time, revisit uh, episode nine, the, you know, Mattel's sponsored (laughs) uh, Vinland Saga. Was it Mattel that made Battleship? Uh, I think it was Mattel. Yes, it was Mattel that made Battleship. Right. Let's let's talk about the Battleship episode, and let's talk about the Twitter polls. Mm -hmm. Uh, What new polls will emerge Throughout our discussion, uh, yeah, they check will. the Twitch chat. Uh, check the Twitch chat for links, or check the uh, the Twitter at Waterway Desho for the new polls. But what? Tell us what the old polls have to say. Okay, so first one, and I think this is probably one of the most key polls ever asked in Vinland Saga history. Uh, this is, you know, absolutely crucial to our understanding of it as a text and a work of fiction. And I, of course, am referring to uh, Does Farkel love orange soda? Uh, now, twenty percent of you said Farkel loves orange sod because there was an unfortunate typo. But we all, of course, mean but not so. enough characters. <laughs> There's just not enough characters. Loves, loves orange sod. Does that mean they're all fans of David Dickinson from Supermarket Sweep, Mister Tangerine Man? <laughs> God, probably. Uh, and then ten percent said, "Oh yes, oh yes, it's true." And so percent said, "He do, he do, he do." So all the answers there were correct. You all pass. You all pass with flying colours. Congratulations. Very well done. Gold star. Uh, Ding. Next question, and uh, we'll see if this actually plays out in practice here. Uh, should uh, Soul Doctor 
Stop attempting the Viking accent. Uh, we had a quite a melange, a mixture of answers here. Uh, 40% said no. 29% said nuh-uh, with the finger wag included, that we didn't put in an emoji, but it's totally a finger wag. <laughs> It's 40% said implied. nope, and 43% said never. Uh, so I think you have free license to continue, Doc, uh, at some point later. I, I, I'm very, very eager to hear your, uh, <clears throat> how do we put this, your deep Mongolian accent by way of Viking. You're going to sound more like <laughs> Genghis Khan. Yeah, it's going to be no. Genghis You're going to sound like no. Genghis Khan this time. That's my bet. No. Listen, I do a thorough research into the historical texts and the writings and the experts, what they have to say about that's all what well the and Vikings good. But sounded pro- like that's all well and good. But do you know what I have that the Vikings don't? Uh, you can insert all your own jokes in response to that. A blue Yeti microphone. Ain't no, ain't no MP3s of Vikings from those days. Ain't no mixtapes of all you know what they were Listen, up to. Come on, we is that the is that truly the level of proof to which? scientific and archaeological inquiry need aspire <laughs> unless on. unless You're you handicapping can, the sciences unless you can find like you know an archaeological dig that unearths you know a book of how to pronounce viking 101 let me get back to you on that but for now proceed with the polls <laughs> certainly uh well we're not we, we you we're going to go back to actually the very same poll because the second one was seriously though should he stop uh, as in stop using the viking accent and uh, for, 29% said yes, and 71% said no, for real. We want you to keep going. So you've got free license to keep doing your own equivalent of Wacko going around the entire world, you know, with the different accents you're doing. You're going to give us a complete geography lesson. We'll never be able to place where actual, you know, Viking territories are. But, well, you know, we'll get all the uh, good voices in. I'm, I'm just sorry, sad I'm that sorry. you don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I sorry, really... Blinkaji. Did, did, I'm did sorry I really... that you... Don't appreciate the fact that I put in a lot of time and hard work, right? To when I, when you guys tell me I get it wrong, I hit the books again. I go back to the documentaries. I go back to my, you know, History Channel VHS tapes. I watch Vikings, you know, to see, to kind of get like, and then I, I take all the new information. The problem you're and... making here, Doc, is that you're watching Vikings in, you know, uh, with the dub on for the fucking Japanese by accident as a force of habit <laughs> from watching too much anime. So this is a Viking accent. Desu was definitely a word. <laughs> right, De- yes, they said Desu, Desu a was a word. Right, um, right. So, yeah. Anyway, we have one final poll. This is a more serious one. Uh, does Vinland Saga have a Gundam problem? In which, you know, our protagonists are incredibly ineffectual boys who are complete shits to each other. Oh, wait, that's Wing, sorry. That's still the only Gundam I've seen, so that's my only That's a great problem, though, yeah. Yeah, it is a real problem. Uh, No, the actual Gundam problem here is more, war is hell, but look at all this cool shit that happens because of war in our show. Don't you like the war elements in this and all the cool things happen? Like, for example, the off-road boating that we saw in one of the previous episodes, which is still incredible. Or battleships, even. Or just 4Kel. Yep. Like, 4Kel's loving the shit out of all this, and he's great. Um, anyway. Or cool, you know, n- dagger, d- dual-wielding ninja boy, you know. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, 67% agreed that yes, it is indeed a, a Gundam problem, and 33% said no. Uh, I will add one qualifier onto this poll for you all, just to get a little more serious at the moment and move away from jokey jokes. Um... 
the thing about a lot of media that we consume is that sometimes there are problematic elements here. No show's perfect. How many shows have you and I watched that have got stupid shit in them uh, that we still adore? None. Zero. Well, I watch no stupid shit. It's all it. highbrow. I thought, we, I, thought we were, I thought we were in agreement on this, Doc, that that's, you know, we would we would be watching stupid shit together, and now you mean to tell me that you we've never done that, and you've left me in the lurch? What a dick. No, we've... we've listen. Don't hold such a low opinion of what we watch. I mean, we've seen some masterpieces in our day. Oh, that's true. That's true. But, put um, our opinions I mean, to microphone. I mean, if you want a more serious example for me, though, of a film in particular, I absolutely adore, even though it has a really nasty dark spot in the middle, unfortunately, despite the fact that I understand why they put it there. I'm referring, of course, to The Wings of Onomise, uh, which, beautiful movie, beautiful anti-war message, immaculately animated, Unfortunately, misplaced and misguided attempted rape scene in part of it, which uh, again, yeah. I get why it's there, but could have done without it, and then it would have been pretty much what, perfect. Yeah, what? And I think just to clarify, like because you've talked about this before, so I think you're truncating a lot of your reasoning and arguments. But just to be clear for everyone out there, I th- I think what you mean, and certainly what I mean. Uh, when I would say I understand why it was there, we mean we under like we have read what the creator's intent behind it was mm-hmm. and what the defense for it is, mm-hmm. and, and that's what we understand. Mm-hmm. Not that oh we like it should be there or we think it's better that it's like no like no <laughs> no yeah. But that no. leads <laughs> to the point, which is that even if shows have problematic elements in them to varying degrees, less or greater, you are still in your right to enjoy them. Uh, you know. Not everything is immediately a deal breaker. Not every, you know, it's not a binary thing of you know this show is acceptable and this isn't. There are bits of shows that are bad, and that, and in turn, there are bits of them that are fantastic. Uh, so for me personally, uh, with Vinland Saga, yeah, it has that Gundam problem, and I think it's a little bit exacerbated by adapting the material out of order a little somewhat. But I still think, on the whole, it's a very very strong show. So just saying, oh yeah, that. Uh, you know, for all that we've put that poll out there, and I'm glad people participated in it, it's a very binary answer to a much more complicated question. Totally. So, anyway, that's po- what the, the polls are meant to do. <laughs> they're not meant to be nuanced. They're meant to be dumb. We're not meant to be even nuanced. When they're We're serious. meant to be dumb. Why do you think I'm drinking this? I'll get. I'll whip out the moonshine next I'll be keeping, you know, hidden. Is that Viking moonshine? No, it's just pure ether. <laughs> It's meant to go. Okay. In, it's meant to go in cars. It's still leaded, apparently, as well. But I've decided just to drink it to myself because fuck it. I mean, hell, I've got what I've got here. This is air freshener. This is Airwick Purple Lavender Meadow. I think I could drink that. I'll smell like fucking roses afterwards. It'll be great. Well, before we get to ten, since we brought it up already, I thought that I should, you know, grace. The pod with the Viking accent. This because oh. truly this is the one. Right? This 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 is it. Okay. This is the culmination of all my efforts to get a grip on what these guys truly sounded like. Okay. So here it goes. I thought they sounded like Japanese voice actors. No, no. See, this is where. This is where you, my friend, have gone astray. You've gone a bit like, don't fall for this. This is just an adaptation from another country. Okay? They sounded much different. And it was a bit like this. Well, 
Well, hey there. My name is Leif Erickson, and I am a Viking. Am I right, or am I right? Ask hey lad, ask lad. Boy, you mount up and you ride as you've never ridden before across the sea to those goddamn English and you dethrone them and you prepared a throne for me, your Viking king. I can't remember his name, but he's lord of the high seas and also of your local saloon. You know... That's that's him, right? I mean, come on. It's a dead ringer. You know, there are such (laughs) things as things I stress as rednecks in the world, but you've just, I think, created the first red redneck. (laughs) Like, you you went double redneck on that. That's like, you know, that's like supersizing your meal. That was was impressive in a, you know, incredibly terrifying kind of way. Um... Well, you'll you'll get along great in Alabama, I suppose, with that kind of voice. That's where I'm from, so <laughs> it's, you're actually from you know. Alabama. Oh my yeah. god! Well, like sort of there or thereabouts, like so. Mississippi and Alabama are basically mirror images of each other in terms of boundaries and geography, and also shittiness. Um, great, yeah, and economy <laughs> and yeah. education. But yeah, so I'm from that that area and i have escaped north <laughs> so did you uh did you pull a fourth in and break out from you know a, a cycle of hatred and revenge and travel yes, across, and travel across to a distant land where you could truly be free i was kidnapped by you know what's a good nashville stereotype that was one for one percent for a bit. I don't. I was trying to go for something southern, uh, and southern Kazakhstan is what you ended up with. So well done. <laughs> German is on there. Yeah, man. Uh, so that's wrong, huh? Damn. I thought. I really thought I had it this you week. You need a drawing board behind you, so so you can keep going back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hmm. I wonder if it was. I wonder if it was, you know, it was more like this. Like, you know, leaf. There's a bit of snow on the ground, don't you know? We gotta we gotta take care of that before the battle. The big battle starts. Uh, was it more like that? Uh yes. <laughs> um after a fashion, I suppose. Uh Right, don't you just go and row the boat, right? Like, yeah, okay. So I'm getting, I'm getting closer. Okay, I just apparently need to dig in. Yeah, that's to the text even more. That's yeah. Uh, (sighs) Well, it's so disheartening (laughs) that I can't nail it down. One day, right? One day we'll get to. Anyway, it's time, folks. Just gonna you know drink this up. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Are you? No, please. Uh, I, I will. We will move on to say. I don't. I don't. I so, don't. I don't want to smell like lavender just yet. Maybe in a different stream, perhaps. That one's under locked under the ten dollar patron that we're not doing just yet. God, <laughs> Shade after please. dark. Sorry. No. No. Nah, no one wants awful. to see that. No one wants to see that shit. Uh. Mm. Oh shit! Did I? Well, that's annoying. Mm-hmm. 
I, cl I closed a window that I needed to open, so I'm just going to I'm just gonna quickly as I talk here uh, open up this tab to, so I can talk to you about um, episode ten of Vinland Saga, uh, Ragnaroku. Uh, ah, good old Ragnarok. It's that's I mean, right. I mean, you and I have both watched Joseph Anderson's God of War video, and he said it best. Like, it's one of the coolest words in language ever invented. It just <laughs> rolls off your tongue. Ragnarok. It's also... I it's mean, also a club in Max Payne. <laughs> I didn't know that. It's also a fucking the airship in Final Fantasy VIII. Um, uh, oh, God, it is, yes. Yeah. Oh, you know, I was going to say... I just realized something that I can't believe that this has just hit me. I have to bring mm -hmm. this up now because I'll never bring it up again. So remember in Frank's how they had Fring Horny? Oh, good guy. Yes. Basically, he already is Ragnarok yep. from Final Fantasy VIII, isn't it? And it's even from the same mythological universe, the naming convention of it. God, that show was a gigantic load of whale semen, wasn't it? It was terrible. It was. <sighs> anyway, let <laughs> us move, let's move on from, from the future, or rather the future yep. seg of that to the past. Let's talk about Ragnarok, the episode, not the actual event. Right, Ragnaroku. So, uh, same writers as before, but uh, in the director's chair, this is the first, nope, the second episode, uh, to have two episode directors. So we've got uh, Yusuke uh, Sunoichi. No, not Sunoichi. Sunoichi. Apologies, Yusuke Sunochi and Aiko Sakuraba. Uh, they have uh, got some pretty limited, I would say, to be generous, um, CVs, like uh, especially Sakuraba. Uh, Sakuraba have either of them has... had any experience in doing backgrounds, a particularly background character animation? I get the feeling they might not have based on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, mm. <laughs> that would have been uh, not them. So um, Sakuraba has been uh, really kind of background in most of the things they've worked on. Been uh, production advancement again, a title whose like actual job duties completely elude me. But uh, production advancement on Fate Zero seasons mm -hmm. one and two, very good. Um, Minori Scramble, which I've not seen, uh, Attack on Titan uh. Uh, one, two, and three. But by the third season uh, that aired in twenty eighteen, I guess it was. Um, well, for seems fame for this episode. You know that he spent three doing three seasons where nothing really happens. So hey, good for him. Right. He's keeping on brand, you know. <laughs> Well, by the third season, they seem to have advanced from production advancement to episode director. So they got to direct a couple of episodes of it. And now they're directing an episode of Inland Saga. Very good. Um, the same studio, of course, the same AOT. You know, you got uh, Wit working on it. So um, uh, Sunochi uh, has a little bit, uh, a few more titles and a few more substantive Sorry, I can't say that word for some reason. Substantive, substantive, or substantive, substantive. It's substantive, substantive. A few more substantive roles, right? You got um, storyboarding uh, for things like Joker Game, which was a super fun kids TV show. Um, oh, wait, no. 
that's Phantom Thief Joker. Joker game is a different. Joker game is a is a historical. It's like a period drama. So, never mind. Uh, got uh, episode direction on things like Haiku, very popular uh, Aboa's volleyball television show. Uh, FL Foodie Progressive, episode director on that. Um, so yeah, um, but also some like weird things like. They were the production assistant on Mass Effect Paragon Lost, <laughs> that movie, which no one saw. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Man, um, I, I didn't even realize that there was any. I mean, I knew there was like outside like books and stuff for Mass Effect. I realized it was a movie. Pres- I presume it's an anime even. Like, a, oh, I think it's like oh. a CG. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well, well, I suppose I'll have to watch that sometime just to ask if it actually looks better or worse than Andromeda did. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Swish. Uh, and then a Pokemon Black movie, which is a weird thing. Only because I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, most people that like work on Pokemon, they like remain working on Pokemon. Well, not, kind of, well, not, you know, well not Ash anymore. He's now officially able to retire having won the league. <laughs> Good job. Um, 22 yeah, so, years! Fucking <laughs> it's well deserved. <laughs> oh, oh boy! Dear. But yeah, those are uh, those are our creatives behind uh, Ragnoraku, uh, the one sitting in the director's chair. Writers are the same, Kenta Ihara and Hiroshi Seko, and that'll likely remain the same until the end of the show. I would think. Let you know if that happens otherwise. Uh, but let us now. Yes, spy drama. Thank you, Andy. That's what it was. Um, was it not like mid 20th century though? Like, or am I thinking only of Night Raid? For some reason, I was thinking Joker game was a sort of parallel story to Night Raid, but I could be misremembering that. All right, Ven 10, Ragnarok. <laughs> so here we go. Let's get into this. Uh, so the episode opens with uh, our orange soda loving giant. Uh, skipping some stones merrily across the stream, uh, which for him equates to throwing these gigantic boulders all the way across the river onto the land and bombing his opposition. Well, he's, he's, um, he's graduated now from playing, you know, uh, battleships to skipping stones. They just happen to be the size of someone's head. They're so, yeah, it's absurd. Um, it's like he's throwing a like a bean, but he's throwing this like lethal object, uh, and so you know the people that are getting bombarded are just like, "Yo, Ragnar! Like, what the fuck, man? Can we go kill this guy? Like, he's dishonoring us. He's mocking us. We need to show him." If I may what's up add, here. when we first see Ragnar, we only get a look at the back of his head, and he reminded me of one of the aliens from Alien Nation, the Codeheads. I'm sorry, but like you can't make me take this guy seriously when he's got a head sharp enough that he could literally etch his name with it. Did you ever watch the? It was the Alien Nation as well. Was was Coneheads just a TV? Was it just a movie or a TV show? I know it. It's the origin of it was a Saturday Night Live sketch, but I don't remember if it was also a television. I know it was a movie. But yeah, I remember, I used to watch Alien Nation. I've thought about Alien Nation 
in years and years. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. I'm also bringing to your attention now that we have TV. a poll already up. Okay, all right. Poll in uh, the chat or at What Are We Death Show on Twitter. Yep. I'll actually tell so, you the options now because Doc's not going to read this until later. I'm quite proud of this. Because when for, uh, I'll just interrupt you and say that Forkel is approached by uh, his colleague from England who says, hey, guess who's arrived around here? It's Prince Canute. Or Canute. Canute. I don't know how you pronounce it. Potato, potato, I don't give a shit. Uh, and Forkel's reaction to this is quite incredible. Yeah, it's, great. it's really good. So, uh, so <laughs> I have put a poll out there, folks. I would love you all to just, you know, answer it. Uh, in your opinion, what is the closest approximation of Farkel's expression at learning of Prince Kuse being present? And I have four options for you here. I've got one constipation, two olive garden <laughs> breadsticks, three quad damage, and four dick dastardly. Oh, uh, I love our polls. They're good. They're good. So yeah, as Shadon mentioned, uh, Kanut is here, uh, and Ragnar goes to him uh, once the men start squabbling, and mm-hmm. you know, basically, he's like, "Look, Kanut, who, by the way, is being attended by a priest, and he's basically spends the whole episode genuflecting and praying to a crucifix that he has kind of affixed in his tent, and." Mm-hmm. Ragnar is like, look, some dudes want to like attack or whatever, but look, I mean, all say, we have to do. I have, I have speculation, and I think Canute says this is going like, Our Father, who art in heaven, I pray to thee this day that you may remove the superglue that binds this helmet to my head. <laughs> I've been praying for seven years. It's still <laughs> stuck. <laughs> I can't get it off. It won't move. Oh, that'll be what Thorkel does for him. Just like, pop, helmet off. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's uh, uh, Ragnar basically it tells him, you know, look, we just have to wait this out. We don't have to actually do anything. Uh, if we hang out until winter, because they can't really come and attack us, uh, then we'll be called home. So let's just do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you say, uh, Thorkel hears that Canute is present and uh so in my notes i tried to draw the the face <laughs> can i just point out doc um you if you ever get if that's in focus i'm going back there i'm clipping that i'm pointing that as an emoji in our discord <laughs> okay <laughs> there at some point it wasn't I'm, it's, it's gonna be called draw kill i love it yep uh, Incredible. Yes. Um, Thorkelestrated. <laughs> um, well, th- then we're treated to like uh, this like dream sequence of Thorfinn's uh, in which he is uh, a little boy again um, mm-hmm. as we was previously to the right of me on your screen, but now grown-ass ninja Thor uh, Finn rather is there <laughs> but um, Thorfinn so he's he's a young boy again and he's dreaming uh, that he and his family are in this like lush green land there's plenty of resources there's like a uh, was there like a cabin there's definitely a 
food. There's meat. Like uh, his sister and his mom are like cleaning this huge boar. And uh, they're celebrating Yule, which I suppose is like Christmas time, except uh, his dad who shows up uh, Thor's. He forgot it was Christmas time because it was so warm, as I think all of us would have um, in this, you know, resplendent, verdant uh, locale that they're in. Um, the too good to be true valley. Um, and, you know, Thor's. To be fair, him, the last time I saw that particular environment was on one of the Green Giant adverts. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Green Giant. I've never seen a Green Giant commercial. That's probably for the best. It's it's nightmare fuel. Every advert in Britain is nightmare brand. fuel. Every advert in Britain is nightmare fuel. Don't even get me started on the Bombay bad boy pot noodle shit that we've seen in the past. Oh, that's man. a that's a. It sounds like I need to know about it though. No, you really don't. Let's continue. <laughs> I really want to. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll get you so, a Bombay um, bad boy at some point then, Doc. How's that sound? I can't even guarantee it'll be a perfect. pot noodle. How's that sound? Okay. All right. Perfect. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Thor's is riding around on his, on his, uh, I'm sorry, Thorfinn, God, I'm out of practice, has been riding around, he's riding around on his dad's shoulders, and his dad is talking to him and telling him, you know, you're my son, you need to, um, protect, uh, your mother and your sister, because you're a man, and, mm -hmm. uh, that's what's important, um, you have people waiting for you at home, loved ones waiting for you to return. Um, and that's a wonderful thing. That's a thing to be treasured. Very, very important for living a happy life. Mm -hmm. And uh, so then he says, so stop thinking about revenge. Suddenly things get black. Clouds come. You know, you've got raiders attacking this village. Thorfinn is scared. His dad is gone. Suddenly, he's getting shot by arrows. Of course, he, he wakes up. Uh, it was only a dream. And, um, yeah, uh, very, very sad dream for him. Um, it turns out that Askeladd's men are growing uh, pretty bored. Um, I don't know... I. I struggle to get a good sense sometimes from episode to episode how much time has passed. Um, it, well, there is actually a way of telling because Farkel, you might recall, lost both his fingers, but they are now... Well, he's obviously not reattached to them, but you do get to see the... I, I thought that was... Okay, I thought that was a, just a mistake. <laughs> no, they did. I, I actually went back and checked three times on that because I couldn't tell immediately that they had been cut off, but they were. Okay. So he is still okay. defending London Bridge. It is after the previous episode and it's been long mm -hmm. enough. I mean, I'm no physician, so I don't have a clue uh, how long it would actually take in reality to heal, especially given that particular time period. But they have healed up. As opposed to any gangrenous, okay. because well, that's more, more likely would happen. But I think Farkel literally just punched all the gangrenous like bacteria out of his body. Mm -hmm. Because that's how he rolls. So I mean, I'll tell you something. Um, like, if I, if I were a fucking virus and I was like, hey, I'm going to go infect that guy. Oh, Jesus, Farkel. Nope. Back the no. fuck up. Back the fuck up. His <laughs> white blood cells will just eat you. Mm. That you would, that will be the end of you. Mm. Um, yeah, no, they were just like cut off above the knuckle. So yep. They're, they oh, grew they're... back mysteriously. <laughs> well, I mean, you were reading his dark materials recently. Does that you, mean yeah. that Farkel is now the owner of the subtle knife? Right, right. 
Uh, that's my cousin you're talking about, by the way, the subtle knife. Ah, very good. <laughs> we made this joke before. Um, and I think this is James, by the way, that's reading those, not I. I read them, uh, God, 12 years ago, I think. So I've forgotten so much. I'm going to reread them eventually. I remember that shit. Um, I don't know. I haven't read them in years either, but It's anyway. been a long ass time. <laughs> anyway. 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 Philip Pullman aside. Um, so, yeah. Uh, some time has passed. Uh, Thorfinn looks older. Askeladd looks older. Um, and we get some context clues with how his men are acting that... Uh, definitely some time has passed. You know, like I said, they're kind of growing restless. They are, like, squabbling. I don't um, like your face. That's basically pretty much what over, like, is little... Yeah, nothing. <laughs> little tiny things, like, create this. And then, you know, um, James the Subtle Knife. We should tell James Beckett that that's his new James the Subtle Knife Beckett. Um, who He's not my cousin. I was joking that I, the Subtle Doctor, have a cousin called the Subtle Knife. And uh, we've, we've done a whole family tree as a stupid gag on this podcast before. But uh, at any rate, right. So, and when those two guys get in a fight over nothing, uh, Bjorn is very much just like, well, tell Askeladd who dies. <laughs> like, I mean, you can even, care, tell, you can even you know. tell Bjorn's despondent about the whole situation here because he's, you know, moved away from his staple diet of mushrooms onto actual meat. I know. He's, he's comfort eating. I know. They must have scoured the entire English countryside for mushrooms. <laughs> They've like, they just salted the earth in terms of the mushroom. None will grow yeah. back. <laughs> Here's some roast beef, Bjorn. It's pretty great. And I'm like, it's not a mushroom, though, is it? You make it very soggy. <laughs> and maybe it'll sort of taste like a mushroom. <laughs> um, So, yeah, they are, like, it turns out, like, I don't know if this figure, uh, this this measurement of time is including... Before Askeladd's men got to England, or is just the amount of time they've been there? But he says for like an, a decade. Uh, I think Bjorn says for ten years they've been plundering villages of England, and he heard a rumor that the king left, that the war really is over. It's only Thorkell that's the last man standing, mm-hmm. um, which is insane um, to me. That ten year, like that that 10 years might have passed. So does that mean like that Thorfinn's in his mid twenties at this point? I think, no, I think maybe they were referring to the 10 years, like say eight years since they first picked up Thorfinn two years prior. So that makes sense. I think that might've been it. I don't think he's jumped. I don't think he's jumped that far. I think that it's just been like the total amount of time they've been doing this. Asgard was probably plundering uh, England even before he met. You're right. uh, he met Thorfinn for the first time. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Theowulf. Um. So, uh, Thorfinn, we see, sort of, I suppose, after he has woken up from his very sad dream, um, he kind of is out in a really pretty area. Like I love the way that 
that it looks. Um, he kind of goes to sort of like a hilltop, I guess, to mm-hmm. see the sunrise. And it's before dawn, and he meets Askeladd there. And they happen to be... Uh, by the way, I think it's interesting that Askeladd, the way he talks to him, very much like, not as an equal, I don't think, but like, maybe that's a step too far, but he's ta- he talks to him like a man. Like, he doesn't talk to him like a child anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Of course, Thorfinn's like, you know, don't act so familiar with me. I'm still harboring a grudge against you. Don't forget, I'm going to kill you. You're not the boss me um, and you're not so big. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but they, they happen to be standing on... Thorfinn in the middle. <laughs> Stop it. Sorry. Uh, they, they happen to be standing on, uh, like, the kind of collapsed ruins of ancient Roman architecture. And... So Asklad references that, right? He says, um, you know, look, um, you have time on your side. You know, you probably can't beat me right now, but I'm only going to keep getting older. You're going to keep growing up. You know, just look around you at this ancient Roman architecture. Like the Romans were an incredibly great civilization, uh, but time even was too much for them and the Saxons toppled them. And we're going to topple the Saxons. Uh, that's just sort of the way kind of the cycle and flow of the world goes. And in microcosm of that will be you killing me one day. Um, and I have a lot of questions, a lot of uh, a couple, couple things I'd like to talk about based on that after we get through with the, the summary. Mm. But, mm. You know, and, and, and in that discussion as well, you know, Askeladd says, uh, you know, the, the Christians among us say that the last judgment is coming in 20 years. And uh, Thorfinn kind of I pivots. Won't put any be- I wouldn't put any bets on that. Just going to say. No. <laughs> no. It tur- turns out you would have lost that one. Um, well, my movie, well fucking into Nostradamus, so. <laughs> so it, he sort of pivots to Ragnarok which I found really interesting. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. uh, from The Last Judgment to Rag... And the two concepts seem to kind of get muddied and melded together, at least based on my understanding Mm -hmm. of Ragnarok and my admittedly much better understanding of sort of Christian apocalypse. Um, But (laughs) Askeladd is like, God is going to come kill everybody. Like, that's not what happens in either of those stories. Um, not exactly. Uh, I suppose if you were talking about the, the Christian apocalypse, he'd be more right than wrong. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, then the sun rises as they're talking about this, and uh, Askeladd now sort of starts to use, and for the rest of the episode, he, he uses language, uh, specifically the word twilight. Right, mm. you know, because he's like, "Well, judgment is coming, Ragnarok is coming, and we're in the twilight of of that." You know, not the basically the end of the world is like night, and it's twilight now. Um, and so, uh, then we have uh this poor unfortunate messenger that me- meets them. Riders uh, of the storm. Sorry. Couldn't resist. And, couldn't resist. So, uh, he shows up 
and uh, unfortunately, he met Askeladd's people, uh, an Askeladd who is restless and believes that th- the world, you know, we're in the twilight of the world when we really are probably just in the twilight of his life. Um, but like, yeah, the messenger says, look, Thorkel marches for Marlsboro um, or Marlboro. Uh, it's only 500 men, which is crazy because Canute had a force of 4,000, but they have been routed. Uh, he beat Canute. And, uh, and we see, you know, Thorkel pull the roof off of the little chapel tent um, of Canute's <laughs> and uh, his crucifix falls to the floor and Thorkel is like, you know, Prince Canute, what's going on? And then we don't really get to see too much more. Um, that was, by the way, but... Thorkel's version of knocking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I knocked. Um, then, uh, so the messenger's telling all his troops about all this and uh Askeladd just uh beheads the guy suddenly just fucking you know B- Bjorn was like so what do you want to do about this and Askeladd answers him by you know cutting the guy's head off just shrink suddenly mm-hmm. and uh people look at him like what the fuck dude what the does this mean, fucking head what I mean we kill people at random but this is a bit much Askeladd come on I mean he's one of ours so uh he he has uh, a plan right he he his idea well he doesn't really have a plan but he's got this notion of the fact that look we've been here for 10 whole years the war is over people are saying the last judgment's coming so the time for war our favorite thing may be ending the world may be ending fuck We need to go out in a blaze of glory. None of this fading away. None of this waiting around for the apocalypse to take us. We got to do a Kurgan Uh, from Highlander. I'm going to cut this guy's head off. And then we are going to go without any help from the main army. Our 100 people are going to go up against those 500 people, including Thorkell, and we're going to rescue Canute. Um, Good luck with that. But then again, I think Askeladd might be working on Suicoden rules where it's not necessarily about the number (laughs) of of people that you've got, but more like the quality. (laughs) Exactly. So we have in our hundred, all all of ours are part of the 108 stars. Yeah. You you other people only have one star, Thorkel, and the rest are just random cannon fodder. Mm. But that's it. I mean, that's that's what I've got as far as the episode summary. Mm Mm-hmm. what what a time! What a time uh, indeed. As as I talk about it, I I after I got finished watching the episode, I didn't feel like much happened. But no, like, as I, I talk about that. it, I'm like, you know, there are a few things that happen. There I are guess. there are indeed. All right, so let us talk. I suppose firstly about well, let's actually talk about the Romans. Believe it or not, let's get them involved on this just for a little moment. So, and this ties into like basically the whole thesis statement of this entire episode, which is the idea of cycles and change uh, and how things end, but they can still continue. Indeed, that's the entire idea of Ragnarok, at least as I read it in Neil Gaiman's book, uh, which you've also read, uh, mm-hmm. which was that, okay, all the gods are dead. Shit got fucked up real bad. Everything went really to hell and backwards. But life goes on. Life continues. 
And you see that visually represented by the image of the Roman ruins in which Thorfinn and Askeladd have their little, like, you know, banter at, but overset over the fertile land which himself Thorfinn notes. So even though they had been there and have since gone, they, you know, the land still has opportunity before it, represented also through Vinland and the dream that Thorfinn has. But the thing is, though, the Romans still leave a legacy behind. They still have, you know, things there. Um, they've left, even though, you know, they obviously aren't around anymore. The ruins, for example. The reason London is named London is because it comes from Londinium, which is, of course, the original Roman name for the city when they ruled it. And um, it's what they put in the Wolverine skeleton. That's... So I was actually thinking that's more <laughs> Captain Britain, to be honest. And yes, that is actually a real Marvel <laughs> is captain. Is there... Oh my. <laughs> yeah. Londinium, by the way, is definitely, you know, Union Union Jack stripes. Oh, there is a character named Manchester Jack in uh, DC as well. Oh man, D I will believe anything you say about DC. I mean there 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 is definitely not a, a Liverpool superheroes. There is not a Lev- there is not a Liverpool Steve Steve though. Or there's, S- there's not Steve. a guy called the Scouser. No, probably uh, not. Not to my knowledge. Fuck. I mean they have like seriously, they they never like purged their universe of the shitty ne'er do well superheroes like, oh man, like Uncle Sam. The oh, whole they did. Of they Infinite did, Earth. Book. They did purge him pretty hard in Battle for Blood Haven, but that's a different topic. Oh, okay, time. okay. He got it's killed. Well, I'm not up he to got date. killed to death. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, why am I bringing up the Romans specifically in this whole idea of ruins and potential future and cycles and all that? Because think about Thorfinn himself as a character, though. He is a ruined person, let's not lie here. And he's still got the legacy of his father very firmly imprinted on his mind, as we see through the dream here. But like, you know, the Roman ruins that are sailed amongst this fertile land full of possibility, he is still a character with an open future before him that he just needs to seize upon. Yeah, he, you know, his life has been basically defined by events that have gone before and left him a shattered, broken person. But that doesn't mean, as say, by the land that he knows, that he cannot, you know, move beyond that and build upon that. So, visual allegory there, which I thought was quite neat, but that's only a part of the actual whole, you know, cycle thing. This is very, like, dense with it, both with the Christian and Norse mythology at present in this episode, which I'm sure you'll elaborate on shortly. Yeah, um, I, I, that makes sense as, you know, as a theme when I think about the episode as a whole, and, uh, there definitely, you know, uh, is that element of rebirth all throughout uh, sort of the Christian uh, religion and it on into the kind of end time stuff. But even like, you know, the kind of main, like the primary event of the Christian religion was Christ's death and then rebirth. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and it's meant to kind of echo throughout uh, all sorts of different things. And then, you know, there's a lot of different ways that people sort of view uh, the Christian apocalypse and end times. Like, a lot of people think that most of the language in John, the Apostles, Revelations is sort of uh, allegorical. Some people read it literally, on and on and on. But basically, uh, everything, as you say, gets uh, wiped away to start again, new heaven, new earth, get rid of all the baddies, uh, get rid of the devil and all his bros. And uh, 
uh, go again. And um, I can't remember if we were talking about this off cast or not, but um, so in Gaiman's uh, book, Mm -hmm. uh, Norse mythology, so the ending, the the post-Ragnarok ending that he gives us, and, and Ragnarok in Norse mythology is, as you say, very much like uh, the the end of the gods and the world. Um, these two wolves that have been chasing the sun and the moon finally catch up with them and eat them. Uh, Jormungand, the world serpent, uh, uh, comes out of the water onto land and spews venom everywhere. So you got poison, you got water, natural disasters. Yeah. 40 um, years of Odin. darkness, rivers of blood boiling, cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. Sorry, that's a bit Odin weird. is like playing a guitar. <laughs> uh, and, and his, uh, you know, uh, is the name, uh, it's like Ein Harar, something like that. His people and the Valkyries show up and have a big battle and uh, they die and all the gods die. In the oldest versions of the stories, um, that's it. Like that's, that's what, the end credits? of history, <laughs> and like it all goes into the void, all creation, and it's just like, well, no more uh, universe. But uh, sort of the the later ones, and I think people theorize like the, the versions of the story that start to proliferate after uh, Christianity began to spread um, in those lands was, as you pointed out, like the rebirth. Mm-hmm. Um, they get to start again with some new gods. The new gods make two new people, and they kind of get to go again and have a fresh start. Mm-hmm. Um, the cycle, the rebirth. Um, you know, Thorfinn and Askeladd are mid-cycle. Um, you know, Askeladd believes uh, it's twilight, and Thorfinn. Uh, may believe differently. I mean, I don't know well, what he thinks about I, the well, world, I, but it, I think that because he's having more and more visions of Finland, that he still remains open to that possibility, and they're coming on much more strongly. But there is still those anchors to his past as well, because he sees his family there uh, in this vision of Finland. Uh, yeah, so like the whole thing about Finland, like, or or rather, um, the element of like apocalypse being introduced into the story, um so forthrightly this episode makes me gives me some new thoughts about Vinland. Like if it like like will it will Vinland be you know uh is Vinland a place on the current earth or is it like you know is it after we've all gone to heaven and and it's the new it's the new one. It's the the rebirthed world that we all get to to mm. go in after after all the evil people die and the apocalypse has happened, mm-hmm. right? Quite um, possibly, quite possibly. I'm really curious. That's sort of a new, that's a new wrinkle on it because what we've talked about before is maybe it's a real place and they need to go find it or maybe it's um, kind of a place uh, inside yourself. Um, well, yeah, it, well, it's a it's, trend. It is definitely you know, a literal place in terms of like what Leaf said in the first episode, but you well, are right. Yes. You are correct though in that even then, it's not a place that Thorfinn has ever visited as of yet, at least as far as the series is concerned thus far. But he still can't stop thinking about it. He can't stop thinking about that yeah. freedom, that warmer shore, that warmer climate that beckons out to him. 
That's what I mean. Like, it's function in the story, I guess. Like, absolutely, yes. Canada is real. <laughs> like, Canada is a real is it place. really, though? But truly, uh, it is. Oh, Canada. And, are you real? Um, I don't know the words of the song. Nor do you know I. The song? That's about yeah. it. <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, like, there's a kind of a third option now. In, at least in my mind um, of how Vinland like what the function of it could be um, but I wanted to ask you um, Ooh. a question hit me uh, let's see um, do do you think that all this talk on this language mm. of the end of the world the twilight of existence. Um, it would it would sort of strike me as odd if it was only something that was happening in this episode. Ah, ah, ah. Do do you th- do you think that they are going to um or no? What am I? Do, do you think that they have like adequately foreshadowed it? Um, I do because it really comes at you out of nowhere in I some respect, at least do. to me. Okay, yeah, I tell do, me. and I will tell you why because there's many, many different things coming to this. This is the whole like you know layered like elements of Ragnarok, the Christian elements of like uh, Jesus on the cross, and also even tying back to Thorfinn's own visions as well, like his dreams. So okay, Thorfinn's dreams all about the future, fertile land, warm climates, potential like you know for growing but still anchored down by his past indeed it's when he realizes past that like you know the village in the dream is burned and his father dies again he's still tied down to that despite his father pleading for him to give up his revenge Askeladd he feel you know he's all about like you know end of the world but it's also the end of his time as who he is because he recognized in this episode that once the war is over his ability to plunder will be done like he won't be able to go around doing what he wants freely I mean can yep. you imagine as like you know the Danish government, like, you know, saying, all right, we, we you've been helpful, but what are you going to do now? Are you going to start plundering our own villages, turning your own fellow man? You've done that. You're a liability. We've got to get rid of you. Like, he, the time of piracy like that is coming to an end. He recognizes that. So we've got your contrast there. But then let's talk about Canute, or Canute, or Canate, or Can of Tea, I suppose. I don't know how you pronounce this shit. Um, why all the Christian symbolism of Canute? You might wonder. Well, it's Jesus on the cross. And Jesus died on the cross, as I understand. I mean, I'm not the Christian of this particular podcast. And I generally, you know, treat the Bible like, you know, something to use to swap flies out of the air, not something to actually read. So take this pinch of salt. But my understanding of Jesus on the cross was he died to absolve the world of its sins, to essentially redeem them, to bring them back from the brink. Depends on who you ask. <laughs> but that- yeah, no, that's ge- that's generally correct. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So... Can you say he's often seen with the cross in, in question? So I am curious if having drawn Forkel out from the bridge um, to invade and putting himself in a more vulnerable position, that Canute is indeed forming the role or serving the role of Jesus, quote unquote, in this particular scenario, suffering on the cross in order that he might then lead others to, you know, greater success and glory through his own sacrifice opening up possibility of, you know, Forkel being killed or driven off? I wonder. 
Um, and bear in mind, after all, like, you know, it's a new start after Jesus dies on the cross, but then he returns as well. So here's my guess. Here's my guess as to what's going to happen as a result of all this. I think Askeladd's number is coming imminently. He is going to be gone mm-hmm. within the next episode or two. I thought it was going to be this episode, quite honestly. Yeah, I think he knows it, and I think that he's going to be happy to at least have his moment. Uh, granted, his reasoning for going after to save the prince is because then that will give him some kind of, you know, favor, curry favor with the royal family. Like, hey, we are pirates, we're scum, we're, you know, kind of bad and all that. But look what we did. Did we do a nice thing? We brought his son back and he's all in good, he's in good shape. We even got the helmet off him finally, we got all the super glue off. Do you think he means to survive? Do you think he means to survive the battle? Ooh. Um, I'm going to say... He, he, it crossed my mind that he might just be looking for a place to die. I don't a think so, because otherwise I think he would probably then just let Forth and duel him now again. Because he's still okay with the honor thing. That's fair. No, you're right about that. Um, but I think that he's going to at least do his damnedest to you know, get rich or die trying, as they say, as 50 Cent once <laughs> prophesied. Um, I just can't see him, like... Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, whenever he feels like it was well and truly over, he'll duel Thorfinn for the last time. He, mm. he will not, he will not, uh, go quiet, live to see the age of peace. Mm. You know, once it's here, he's going to be like, well, see ya. <laughs> I'm exactly. Done. <laughs> exactly. But that's the thing though. Once Askeladd is then gone, this is where the rebirth element comes in of Ragnarok, uh, specifically in relation to Thorfinn, because now what is his role in life? He still has that calling, that thing that speaks out to him that we've seen ever since the first episode, his wanderlust for exploration and learning about the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so he might indeed then go out to see Finland, and that's when he becomes free. because He still carries that legacy, like the legacy of the Roman ruins, and the name is and all that that have been left behind. He won't, the scars of like, you know, his time under Askeladd's uh, company won't just go away like that, but he can move on to new things, to brighter things. Well, I can't see. I can't see him being allowed to be free. I think he's going to have to struggle for that. Well, I'm thinking. Th- when I keep thinking of this show and when, what you say there, there's one thing that keeps coming back to my mind, and that is uh, the closing, the second to the last uh, story mission. I'm making a video game reference here, but it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Of the first Red Red Redemption. Uh, I cannot remember the name of it, but brief uh, recap here. John Marston, a uh, cowboy extraordinaire. Uh, yep. You know, he goes back to live on his farm with his family after having recovered them um, from the what was then the FBI under some Edgar Ross, I think his name was. Um, and, you know, they the missions before that are very peaceful, like, you know, you're just killing crows on the top of a barn, ru- rustling, <laughs> you know, hustling up your castle, all the kind of boring shit that farmers do. Indeed, this is kind of audacious in my opinion for the games to do that when really it should be building up to a big climax. But then Ross decides to be a complete dick and come and, you know, invade the farm with the entire US Army Division, like for fucking New Mexico and kill the whole family. But the thing is, right, John sends his son and his wife away uh, to safety and while in a barn uh, at the farm, he walks out of the barn to the waiting US soldiers and is killed by them but his death then let you know lets them go free because they've got who they're after so i think that similarly once forfin does finally make it to the point in which he does settle down in be in vinland england or some other place you know that he can be comfortable in well 
Floki and Canute and whoever else are still going to be coming after him. <laughs> Floki. Yeah, they're going to be still coming back for him. That's again tied to what no. I said on previous discussions of this very show. Can he get out of the cycle? Right. I mean, after all, Ragnarok happens once, the world begins anew, but does that mean you know it won't happen again? Can you break? Can you truly break free of War's influence? How many shots have we had right. in this show? That's what I mean. Yeah. Of, of, yeah. of like, you know, all the, like, even the closing moment of this particular episode, all of Asgard's men preparing for war, but it's set against the backdrop of a new dawn and all the beauty of the, of the wilderness and the countryside and the land around them and all the potential that has. It's juxtaposed. Mm-hmm. Is there ever going to be a way for Thorfinn to break out and just live a peaceful life? I mean, after all, that's what Thor's wanted, remember? And it didn't actually, you know, uh, happen for him, that's for sure. Uh, we did, Andy. Uh, I, I spied that. Who that is? Pass. Uh, we will undoubtedly find out soon enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's right. It, there was so little to go on there, I had forgotten about it. <laughs> but no, I remember it now. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that all this mythological stuff right here, right now, rather than it was in the previous episode where it was denounced or denied because, you know, that lady who took in Thorfinn, she, you know, prayed to Jesus for him and all that, and that obviously did not right. really help in the end. Yikes. No. Uh, now it seems to be coming more as, like, characters using it not necessarily, you know, for wanting the best for everything, but just more prophesizing their own ends. Like, using the mythology to guide themselves. So it's still, you know, they're all big on religion. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that Asgard is going to bite it within the next two episodes. That's going to set forth in free for a time. And then what's going to happen? Yeah, so I think... I think that it would be a shame if Thorfinn's freedom was given to him. By someone mm-hmm. rather I feel like he ought to be the one to earn it like I see him getting swept from Askeladd's group into some other kind of bondage or service or something else like that I don't I don't see him being able to walk away now I mean I, I do want to see like I think it will be really interesting to have him uh, be able to separate from all of it and kind of sort of reenact this arc that his father did, you know, pull away from the war and set up a life. And then, you know, uh, like it's coming for you, the, the long arm of, of uh, destruction and war and everything is, is going to find you. Mm-hmm. Um, that could happen. But I think if he were to just be, if it was just like oh, Askeladd dies and then Thorfinn is free, like, that would lack a little bit of... I feel like they'd be missing an opportunity. Uh, I think that if, could work, though. If he didn't win his freedom. I think that could work, though, because if Asgard is just fucking killed somehow, then Thorfinn won't have ultimately got his revenge, and he'll have to deal with that. I mean, I brought up in one of our previous podcasts about, like, you know, the other shows that I've, we've considered that have similar sort of arcs for their lead characters, 91 Days and Banana Fish. Uh, Angelo and Dash both got their vengeance in the end. But what if someone doesn't? What if they don't ultimately get that, and that is taken away from them? Does the sure does the desire of their vengeance then pass the person who did that? Yeah, it would be good. I would I would like to explore that also. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I just, yeah, I just don't, I just don't see him being able to walk away from the army or the Merc group or or whatever, whatever. But we'll we'll see how that pans out. Um, we'll see how that pans out in in future. But um, another thing about the Romans that I thought was interesting. Um, so they were standing on some. Uh, you know, ancient Roman architecture, the found the foundation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Rome was, uh, you know, it was a very kind of, uh, it was pretty advanced, they say in this episode, compared to the sort of Saxon civilization. Um, and the Viking one, I guess, in some ways, they say. Uh, there was an extended period of peace, during the Roman Empire, mm-hmm. um, there—I mean, there was awful shit going down, to be sure, in a lot of places. But there was also like all kinds of, um, you know, good human works and advancements for uh, sort of cultural advancements and things, um, scientific ones. Um, but all that stuff had to be. Uh, it required a platform, right? Uh, it required a peace and a security that was built on this foundation of war and conquest. Mm-hmm. And it made me, I, I may have talked about this before on the show, but it made me think about Vinland and Vinland being um, a kind of untouched, pure land, right? Mm-hmm. Um And presumably, when people go there, they're going to live peaceful lives and uh, in serenity and be able to love and nurture their families and not have to um, not have to want for anything because it's such a glorious place. Um, But on what kind of murder war, violence, crime, is that security going to be built? Mm. I mean, can you have a place like Vinland? This is what makes Vinland, the sort of idea of Vinland, seem so uh, unlike any sort of place in the world or otherworldly, right, or or mythical, because uh, it's this incredible amazing place but like you just have this total absence of uh you see i see you've made a poll um, i have indeed at watery Desho to vote in the poll um so what am i trying to say um well the roman civilization was built on conquest uh and that beget another conquest uh the saxon one and Upon that foundation, uh, that was itself built on conquest, that beget another conquest, the Vikings, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Um, and as I've said before, there's plenty of history that follows this that just continues that. Yeah. So, like, what is it possible to have a place like Vinland that? that's not built on any kind of violence. Like I think uh, 
I think it's a, I may be misattributing this, but I think it's an idea of Plato's that like the city is always founded on, on blood or on violence and crime. Right. Cause like it doesn't just appear there. You have to, uh, do violence to the land. You have to, I mean, our whole, my, my whole country that I live in was occupied before <laughs> people got there and, by violence took the land to build mm-hmm. the civilization that's here now that is pretty peaceful and everything but you have that original sin and that's then, yep. the, the original sin of the city right like yep. the result may be quite nice and everything but at, at the the very base blocks of it there was violence and will there be for Vinland and, and if so like what is that? Is it possible to have a place like Vinland without that mm. original sin? Well, that goes back to what I suggested previously, which I felt like that the show's overall thesis might be harmed because it is set at such a time and in such definable location that we know what comes afterwards and it doesn't get any better, really. But what you're saying there is more interesting because I think that maybe you're talking like Vinland is more a concept than a reality. Mm-hmm. And indeed, that's how Leaf is portrayed. Like, he's been to Vinland. But the thing is, you know, anecdotes and stories and perceptions are very useful and very open to bias. So, maybe, again, it's more a concept than something to be aimed for rather than necessarily achieved. And just in the interest of making it clear that I'm no one special or, you know, uh, although my country's history is, you know, not on par. Uh, British Empire! Woo! East India Company! Woo! As the sun set on it, yep. I have to know. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. Okay. <laughs> oh, also for a point of clarification, um, uh, I so you said you are not the Christian on this podcast. Um, I, I should certainly hope not, because by God, have I got some? I've got some explaining to do. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I don't think I I am either. So are you talking about Vorgelian? No, you're not. Um, You've got no, more experience is, with the religion than that's I true. have, that's for sure. I, it is, it is uh, yes, I was a practicing Catholic, so this is a point of clarity. Um, okay, next talking point, go Shadon. I will. All right, so let's move away from the mythological, like, wide-ranging, cycle-based, you know, philosophical stuff, mumbo-gumbo. Let's talk about Thorfinn for a second in the dream and something I found really interesting that happened in it. So throughout, basically from the point that Thorfinn first killed a man to present episode, he's been aiding and abetting Asgard and all of his various awful heinous shit. Um, solely so he can, like, you know, keep his honor uh, and have that duel with him. But I think this marks a somewhat of a turning point or a little bit of a turning point because in the dream he has... He notes that the village that is being attacked, which is explicitly not his village, but a dream one in Vinland, mm-hmm. is still his, though. We are being attacked. That's where my mother and my sister are. Uh, I think okay. the dream I think the dream finally gives him some realization that, you know, what he has been helping happen to so many villages and so many innocent people. Indeed, the people we see in the village at the start of the episode, and then the ones of the dream, of course. Um could have happened to his family. And then, of course, ends with Thor's death. Mm-hmm. And this, I think, ties back into the idea that Vinland had about um, Thor's himself, which was that he had an, a code of honour. He had, a, you know, a morality and a system of ethics when it came to fighting. 
which was he would not kill unless absolutely necessary. And even then he didn't do it in the end when he really should have done. Yeah. And for me, like I've, I felt for a long while, I mean, this is speaking more to me personally here. So your mileage is obviously going to vary on this depending on your own morality. I'm genuinely of the opinion you should be good, but I think that there are times in which violence is necessary for a greater good. Does it make it clean? Does it make it easy? Does it make it, you know, easy to stomach for that matter? But I think it's fair to say that had Forfin just simply stabbed Askeladd in the fucking neck at any point over how many years that they've known each other, when he's asleep or whatever, when he's defenseless, how many lives would have been spared? How many people would have not suffered as a result of this? And that dream brings it back to that personal level for him. As he now realises in some small way that that what has been happening, you know, to all the mums and sisters, you know, and fathers could have happened to his as well. So I'm wondering if this is the point in which he turns around on that. But I think Vinland, again, is like criticising his, his agenda on this because he should really have fucking killed him by now. Damn the mm. honour. Damn that, you know, what it means for him, you know, doing it for like, you know, this honour system, this, you know, something tied into its own mythology, you know, of like, you know, citing ancestors and fathers and all that. And rituals. Like, Askeladd should have fucking died a long time ago. And because he hasn't, like, a lot of that blood, even the stuff that doesn't end up actually on Forfin, is still on his hands as a result. While that is true, um, if he had killed Askeladd earlier, then I guess depending on what point you want to put the killing at like i think he would not have learned to survive uh, or, or learn to he, he's you know he's still getting something out of it despite the fact that like yes you know that's one night though against he hasn't, many i well it's so just because he hasn't killed Askeladd, right um and the, the war machine probably would have continued to roll on and people would have would have died and everything like that but um so i don't know that it's up to just him to to stop that happening i mean i think it would have continued but um but but yeah like he's he's he still he himself has derived some benefit from it and he will probably you know if if we if we take his entire life Shadon right at the end of it and look at it right um and don't r- rather than picking out points in isolation he'll probably use the skills that he learned fighting Askeladd and preparing to fight Askeladd to save a lot of people or to do something great so at that point will he be justified or or what well uh, i I mean, my, my mind is pretty set on this. He should have done it. He should have fucking killed him by this point. Damn the code. Damn and all that. Damn, you know, that it would have happened to all of them anyway. He, if you have the ability to take action, you know, to do a good, even if it's necessarily is by causing a wrong like that, by murdering someone. And I'm not saying that you do that in general, of course, but I mean, in this very specific context, let's be fair, like, Asklad ain't going to be, ain't going to be taken alive and he's done some awful shit. He's raised villages to the ground. He's at least been complicit in allowing the rape of many women. There's all this. 
you we've seen it. We've seen it firsthand. But what if he saves just as many people according to the skills, you know, by by all these incredible skills that he's learned by having like by being protected by Askeladd's army. He's got this safety. He's able to learn to fight. He grows. He gets all this experience fighting and he becomes a badass. And so years later, let's say, he does the same thing his father does. Like, he saves a lot of people's lives in the war. He saves people from being raped. Let's say he, like, kills a bunch of bad people. Um, basically, I guess I'm just saying that, like, I don't know. One thing is more likely, I don't know. in my opinion. Like, like, it seems to be much more causally likely that killing Askeladd now or having killed him earlier would have saved a lot of people. Whereas the potential for all this skill that he's built up for that point, saving lives later seems a little, much more hazy in my opinion. But let's say he does. No, of course. That's what I'm saying is like, I feel like you could. It's really hard to like pass this kind of judgment, I guess, is what I'm saying. Like. And that it's much more sort of, I guess, fair to look at the entirety of a person's life. And rather than like zoom in on this one moment, because like this one moment in isolation, like, should you X or should you Y? The right thing is X. The wrong thing is Y. Like, oh, you did the wrong thing. Like, but so often in life, like making the wrong, seemingly the wrong choice or what is objectively like the wrong choice, like things still come out of it that make your life better or help other people like the end of and the world hmm? i don't know what that, you mean well you know the end of the world is a disaster but good things can still come out of it as evidence in the ragnarok myth oh ties back, yes taps forehead right right <laughs> right right like um i'm linking shit together folks I'm like i mean this, I try. like if he um i don't know like let's say Next episode, he does his awesome ninja shit, and only because he does this ninja shit, he's able to save a, one family, you know, a lady, a little girl, maybe an old man. Um, I hate, with a capital H, any sort of moral kind of calculus that's like well you only saved this one family versus saving all these other people on one side it's obviously right the many versus the few like to me that's such a dehumanizing way to think about morality and like it really degrades especially the lives and like humanity of of a person (laughs) like that one that one family like i i think yeah, I just, uh, I really, like, that kind of, like, utilitarian thinking really bothers me. I guess that's why I'm pushing back on it. And also saying, like, you know, that that we wait and see and that, like, I think Thorfinn is in for a very kind of complex journey in which he will need a lot of different skills and a lot of different uh, tools to survive, some of which he's going to pick up through some truly heinous means Mm -hmm. um he's totally imperfect he's done a lot of awful shit um but uh i guess this brings me to a question i have for you so so i think the dream sequence um kind of shows that 
like as you you pointed out that you know he's still kind of haunted by the ghost of his father's morality right mm-hmm. um and i think it still sort of says like that there's still a little boy inside of him um do you think that this is primarily saying that like there's still some innocence in him do you think it is primarily is saying like there's something in him that's going to hold him back that he's got to make peace with and get over or do you think it's a bit of both well um i think that that it is definitely still some in it i mean i think for me like i, I mentioned before like the idea of you know fourth in basically dying inside like when his father died and having never really mm-hmm. grown up from there that doesn't mean that he has forgotten like obviously the lessons and the thoughts his father had previously and the things he tried to impart on him are still very much part of him and he keep going back to him he's just not actively thinking about them during his waking hours they only seem to be when he's asleep but I mean mm-hmm. I've had plenty of dreams in my own time like you know they've been about emotionally tumultuous stuff that I've been dealing with not in such explicit or constructed or crafted detail, I will say. Uh, dreams tend to be a lot more chaotic <laughs> than, they're presented, yeah, than, than they're presented in a lot of fiction, that's for sure. Um, but no, I think that is still there. I mean, I think that innocence is the innocence of Vinland, like the innocence of a potential out there, like, you know, that's like unblemished by the harshness of reality. Mm. You know, that's it's a kind of naivety, even I would say, like, you know, believing in Vinland as it is. I mean, this is why mm-hmm. I push back on it myself because I have the benefit of being an audience member with an education sufficient enough to know the history that follows, like in actual Vinland uh, slash America, after the time of the Vikings is pretty bad. <laughs> it's a bit yeah. shit. It but, is a bit shit. But that doesn't mean you know that the naivety itself is wrong necessarily, or even that it should be called naivety because that has a kind of negative connotation to it. So no, I think that innocence is very much there. Uh, and I think that again, it's just a question of him not snuffing that out entirely. But this is also why I, you know, as much as I say kill Askeladd right the fuck now, that does come at great personal cost to Forth, and if he does in that manner, mm-hmm. it's a catch twenty two. No, yeah, do. yeah. Um, What's yeah, it, should, should, should someone trade their soul for the greater good? Should should indeed exactly, indeed right. should. Forfin, believe it or not, to go back to the mythological elements and the religious elements episode, should he, you know, take that pain and that suffering and that damnation upon himself, like Jesus did, in a small sense, in a certain sense, for the greater good of saving other people? Yeah, I mean, should, it's almost he, a way of... truly um, die? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. It's almost a way of saying, um, restating the sort of problem that I was talking about, the kind of political philosophy problem of the original sin of the city. Like, okay, um, is it worth it like that this one people kills off another people to build their shit somewhere because if they create the civilization, they come up with the cure for cancer and save everybody and all this other bullshit, you know, and this is just, again, it's another way of, of talking about the problem you're talking about. Like, should one, you know, like a person destroy themselves if it'll mean saving a whole bunch of other people? Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's, uh, it's 
it's quite a problem and it's very revealing of <laughs> people's moral tendencies i think for mm. sure um i mean we the thing that to remember though is that when you and i consider both the legacies of our own countries uh, and you know that question of was it worth it or not the problem is is that we're so far removed from the original people who even created that it's so very different in our viewpoints mm-hmm. that i don't think we can really answer that i mean well when i say that I think we can answer and say that none of the awful, heinous shit should have happened. Absolutely. But we ultimately can do nothing about it. We can't go back in time and change that for the better as much as we might like to. So the question ultimately is merely a philosophical one and not one that can be practically acted on. Unless, you know, someone pulls back. Future applications, I think. Oh, for sure. You learn from history. Absolutely. You absolutely Mm do. Um, But it's not a question of going back and undoing it. Because it can't be. No. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. And indeed, that's what's um, happening in Vinland. Like, Fors had his uh, had his policy, had his, you know, perspective on, I don't kill people anymore. And it got him killed, and it destroyed his son. Oops. And I mean, that's pretty factually stated at this point. But that's as like, the, like yeah, Fors, yeah. As but much as like Life Force yeah. fucks up, he should have taken Askeladd's head. He should have killed yeah, every right? single one of them. He might have hated He's himself like, for after a fact. Much the same as far from himself if he then ended up killing Asgard in cold blood. But it would have been for the better. Mm. Not even just for the sake of all the people that Asgard then wouldn't have ended up pillaging, plundering and raping, but for his own son's welfare as well. Yeah, I mean, that's a compelling argument like against like any kind of moral absolutism. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah, believe. I, like I personally don't believe in moral absolute. I don't believe in you know always doing good. I think that you some sometimes you have to take a gray stance on things and consider complex and difficult situations on a moment by moment basis with the best of your knowledge that you have. Now that doesn't mean you can't do stu- you know can't do stuff like say for example oh I don't know using people's proper pronouns. That's not fucking difficult. You can do that. There's no moral like gray areas that in my opinion. Uh, nor is there any moral gray area in doing things like, you know, being nice to people in general, like, you know, but when you're faced with a complex situation with, you know, substantial and devastating outcomes, you need a complex thought process to it as opposed to, nope, I ain't doing it. I ain't fucking doing it. I ain't killing him. You can't treat a complex scenario simply. I guess it just depends. I mean, but what if, what if you, that seemingly simple answer that might look simple to other people has been arrived at through great process and That's what I mean. It, it, that's why I say it can't be treated simply. I'm not talking as in like it, as in the end result being simple. I'm talking about the process to get there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is limited by time. I will, I mean, Fars didn't exactly have, you know, like three days to go prepare his fucking homework exactly. on it. Right. He had to think there and then, and he cocks up, don't get me wrong. Um, but even then, like, you know, I mean, uh, Andy says in chat, like, you know, the boat would have been filled hours, everyone else would be dead. Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. I'm still of the opinion that, you know, ultimately, while, hey, I mean, hey, okay, fair enough. Ari and everyone else lived, so did Leaf. Asgard was true to his word on that. But his son, well, his son was also an unintended consequence. We didn't get to see the exact sequence of events that happened afterwards. Um, in which Forfin got separated was probably unintentional. But hey, I think Blinkaji make brings up a good point. 
of uh, like actually further damning <laughs> Thorfinn's uh, kind of stubborn heels dug in stance about the honorable duel. Mm. Um, you know, like <laughs> it seems very selfish. Uh, you know, I mean, not that again, he's a boy. He's caught up in this. I don't know if it's realistic to expect him to like by himself try to change anything, but you know, the fact does remain that like he, he is hanging on to the whole honor thing to like prove a point, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is just seems um, a a petty reason when you have like actions of these, these really grave consequences happening. I mean, also Um, if he weren't so naive, I mean, the thing is, Thor's did win the fight, but then events intervened it and to basically take that victory away from him. So who's to say, like, you know, that if Thorfinn is fighting Askeladd, you know, in um, a duel like he did in one of the previous episodes where he was circled around by all of his men, that Askeladd doesn't give that tiny little secret pinky, like, hand signal, and then Beyond just, mm-hmm. like, you know, fucking comes up and twists Thorfinn's head off, like, at the top of a fucking melon soda. You know? Could have, could you know? It's not as simple as that. Like his, yeah. he's got a simple approach to it, and even I suppose even a thing that I would I'm complaining about is, and I'm, this is not complaining about the show, by the way. This is just about his behavior. That's a good thing, by the way. Like, is that he's taking a simple-minded and simply thought-out like two-step process to you know getting things back to the way they should be, or as close as they should be, which is to restore a sense of honor to you know redeem his father that way. But in reality, even if he came up to that same conclusion, what he really should be doing is taking a lot more time to think about it. As you say, like, you know, as I said before, like even if it's a simple outcome, it still requires a complex decision process to come to that point. And up until this episode, I don't think he's considered for a second what it means for all the people that have been hurt or killed as a result of his actions. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's probably true. Um and I like a point you made earlier, by the way, when uh, when you were saying that the fact that, you know, this occurs to him when he dreams, mm-hmm. sort of indicative that he's not really, that he's not thinking about it a lot. And he probably, it makes me feel sorry for him in a way, because you know that he probably would think about it more if he could, but uh, he... Like so, so I just finished reading the first Game of Thrones book, uh, the first Song <laughs> of Ice and Fire book called uh, Game of Thrones, and toward the end, a lot of really bad shit starts happening to Daenerys, and she has a kind of mantra she repeats to herself over and over: "If I look back, I'm lost. If I look back, I'm lost. Like I can't. If I dwell on anything, if I falter, if I don't concentrate on." moving forward and surviving i'll get caught up in my own grief distress uh other people's desire i'll just it's it's it'll be done i just have to move and i think this is thorfinn he can't look back if he does he it, it kind of he may seem weak he may not be decisive in these like uh, these battles where his life is on the line like he can't he's not able to think about his family and think about things like um 
you know, that, that the ideals that his father would that have and, and have him uh, practice, like he has to shove it down and it's kind of in his subconscious and it comes to him in dreams. Um, that's a really interesting aspect of all this to me. And mm. maybe like you were saying, like maybe there's kind of a new, maybe there's some kind of new step or, or he's, it's more personal to him now, like you said, because of the nature of this dream where it could have um, happened to my family too. Yeah. And and, and you know what? Like even in modern times, how true is that where people will say, take a deep, long piss over the idea of, for example, the welfare state because other people are using it, but then they immediately, the moment they find themselves in deep shit will need that same thing. It's not a problem unless it affects me personally. And this is the point which Forfin crosses the threshold to realizing that it already does, and it affects everyone else personally as well. Well, yeah, that Reverend... framing of it makes him sound a little bit selfish, though. I feel like he's of necessity for survival. Well, he is because he got the to... fucking like. He, he, do you remember the lady who like took him in mm-hmm. and like cleaned him up and everything like that? And then he just basically used her like you know hospitality against her, and then burned her entire village to the ground by singling for Ascalad's forces to come in. He's selfish. No, but he was like 12. <laughs> I don't I don't really, I don't fault him too Doesn't, too mean, doesn't mean he's, I mean, you're right, but it doesn't mean that I'm wrong on, it, on what he is either. Like, he has one goal. Right, but I guess it's, it's not a... Um, he's killed people to f- get that in the pursuit of that goal. He's decapitated people. Right. I think it's a that way of being has been forced upon him by other people and he's to survive he's had to Im- so embrace it's more the case all this that he awful doesn't, he doesn't, shit he doesn't know anything else at this point yeah i mean i just the word selfish like at least to me and and i'm not saying factually it's incorrect but it has these connotations of um uh, of uh just that he'd be like really blameworthy and like I don't know that he's it's not it's not like he's making all these free choices. You know what I mean? Like he really has been just enslaved to all this awful shit. Mm. And good choice and of words given what we a, found out previously with her. I, yeah. I know, I know. And he's just a kid. Um so it's hard. It's tough. Um Yeah. Uh, do you have other? Do you have other points I, of talk? I do actually. I have one okay. um, more that I'm going to bring up, and then we'll cover our Patreon questions. Uh, I'm only going to cover this briefly because this has actually been covered by uh, someone I follow on Twitter, Lost Thief, who is a, a prolific like Macross fan art reposter and genuinely cool person. Uh, and they point out a change from the manga to uh, the anime, and I'm sure Blinkaji, who uh, has previously tuned, uh, chimed in with points about this, uh, can re- inform me more on this as I go along. Anyway, what Lost we pointed out was that you recall the scene, of course, in which Thorfinn wakes up in the uh, stable uh, and, you know, after mm-hmm. the dream. Apparently mm-hmm. what wakes him up in that, in the manga, is that there are two men dragging a woman in there to rape her. That, of course, was cut from the anime. So Lost mm-hmm. made the point that this was a good thing because also we already know at this point why Ascalad's... Uh, yes modus operandi is and indeed I still feel bad for kind of glossing over on that previously but it is true that's what he does even if he doesn't do it himself he enables it en masse um, 
And this is, again, I think one of those things where simply putting sexual violence in there for its own sake is never a good thing. You don't throw right. this shit in lightly. Um, and especially if the point has already been made. So I'm in agreement with Lost Peace perspective that um, it was good that that was cut. Because it didn't need to be in there to serve the purpose like that. Uh, sorry, to, to get the point across that's already been made. It was redundant, essentially. Uh, so I just thought I'd mention that, just again to show that there are changes being made to the anime beyond simply resequencing orders of events. There are con uh, like content-related stuff and omissions. And indeed, that's a part of what adaptation should be, in my opinion. As I said before, you add, you subtract, or you polish. And it's on you, as the person making the adaptation, to utilise all three elements of, of that to create the best version of the work that's possible in the medium you're bringing it to. And if that means, as I say, cutting stuff out, do it. Like, do it with a good reason, for sure, And as it is here, but don't be afraid to. Don't think to yourself that you have to create a pure version of a work. Because by howdy, there are some fantastic films and such out there that are based on utter tripe. <laughs> like, for example, yes, the, 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 the Godfather, I think, if I recall correctly, the book from that is shocking. <laughs> but the film itself, you give it to, you know, it's, it's Francis Ford Coppola making it, and it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, Starship Troopers, like, you know, that again changes from the original source material. Um, all sorts of stuff that otherwise I could mention if I had more time to think about it, but you get my point. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, it's a good thing that that's the case there. So I just wanted to, I don't know, if, of course, if um, Philosophy follows us. I don't think so. Uh, but if they ever catch this particular discussion, Rabbit, I'd just like to thank them for pointing that out, because I otherwise wouldn't have known about that, and it is an entirely valid point, in my opinion. For sure, for sure. Yeah, don't um, do not do a Goblin Slayer. Don't throw that shit in for no reason. No. Fuck that show, by the way. <laughs> just throwing that yeah. out there. Uh, anyway. Thank you, thank you, At Lost Thief, for inspiring this point of discussion. So, I have one more point. Hit me. Um... So, uh, you mentioned the lady that took in Thorfinn and how kind of her beliefs and religion failed her and she was a Christian. And you have Canute, who also uh, seems to be like maybe Catholic or certainly like the more uh, liturgical uh and uh, it's sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, sacramental, you know, ornate uh, stuff on the wall. Like, yes, he appears to be Catholic or of a liturgical kind of, of branch of Christianity. And at the end, uh, the last scene we see him in, right? Uh, the crucifix falls down from the mm -hmm. wall when he's when he's taken. It falls on the floor. Um more kind of, I feel like, pretty simple symbolism that like, okay, uh, your faith is, uh, is, you know, not going to save you on its own. Like the, mm. the way people are, the way war is, is going to knock it down. It's going to burn it. Um, so, but, 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 this, but the same episode, right? You have, uh, at, you have this kind of weird conflation of the last judgment and Ragnarok being talked about 
by Askeladd and Thorfinn, and you have it kind of guiding Askeladd's life. Um, and it makes me wonder, depending on how things go out, or uh, play out, rather, mm-hmm. um, I, you could, like, that these the images in this episode could be used to support a couple different theories. Um, you could say, uh, if things play out a certain way, that the show seems to be saying that religious, specific religions themselves are not going to protect you from suffering and pain and loss, but maybe they're kind of like hinting at something. Maybe they uh, like are gesturing towards these larger truths of the world, like cycles and everything like that. Um, isn't, it or, Christ- isn't it part of uh, common Christian uh, tenets that suffering is God's way of testing people? I know that's very broad and generic, but I know that at least that's got to be some part of it somewhere. Again, it just depends on who you ask, honestly. <laughs> there's there's mm-hmm. a lot of there's a lot of talk about pain and and why uh, the the problem of pain, like the that that uh, like suffer, gratuitous suffering in the world, is like is the big. It is the big the big stumbling block <laughs> for mm. the, for that religion, um, but um, okay, so yeah, so so you could have that, um, or is is all this talk of Ragnarok also going to be shown to be hollow and lacking, and just another sort of myth that can't stand up to the reality of the world, just like the crucifix, just like the lady's prayers. I, it could go either way. I don't really know. I'm curious what, well, what you think the show will kind of support. I think the mythology, I think the mythology elements like in the religious elements are there, as to say, foreshadowing specific stuff of the characters and the rebirth that's going to happen. Because Thorfinn will eventually break free of dealing with Asgard one way or the other, and he'll only have to go on his own way, and that will be his rebirth. So I think that's all perfectly fine and dandy. There's not going to be a problem with that. Insofar as, like, you know, proving stuff false, though, this is something I saw in a H-Bomber guy, but I think it was his one about Cyboys, actually, uh, where he said, uh, where he noticed at the very end about this paper done on the Doomsday Cult, who even when the end of the world was predicted by them and it didn't happen, they just changed their belief and reaffirmed it. Yeah. So I right. think that potentially, even if, you know, this whole thing falls flat, uh, one way or another, if they truly do buy into it in terms of like, this is the end of the times, as opposed to what I think Asuka is going for, where he's just using it as a parallel, then, well, if it doesn't happen, that doesn't mean they can't simply readjust it to suit the new narrative. Yeah, no, they they, they totally could, but the, but the text of the show, you know, I think we could, as observers and viewers of the show, would be saying like, okay, the show is saying that all these things are just narrative. They're not. Um, oh, I, oh, they're definitely. They're just, not hinting they're, towards. They're, they're not hinting towards any kind bes- of truth. We're not getting berserk shit here. There, no way. Oh no no no! Not demons, but or anything like well, that. Mythol- or or like, actual Ragnarok. But, no, yeah, um, that's the same difference. So, like spiritual kind of thing. That's why I said that. Like you know, otherworldly elements. It's literally just serving as a narrative that fits the current mood that they fall in. Well, no, no, no. So I think you might be misunderstanding what I, what I'm saying is, it, uh, 
that the show may be, again, it depends on how the show plays out with regards to this whole thing about um, Twilight and cycles and everything like that. I mean, it could just be mood stuff that it, it, that is totally winds up um, not uh, not standing up to reality. But um, I don't know. Uh, they it it didn't everything else that's been introduced. All the Christian elements have been immediately shown to be vacuous and like dismissed and broken whereas this whole idea of um ragnarok and twilight and cycles is not in fact it it is not shown to be wanting it's shown to be something that gives purpose to people with power Mm. uh and so yeah i mean if they if they show that like that it actually is kind of true not ragnarok but just that specifically mm-hmm. but the idea of apocalypse and cycles and everything like that um again i think they could maybe be saying something like well again these specific religions are not in and of themselves like textually and factually accurate but maybe they're like again they're gesturing towards something that is actually true about the flow of the world. Mm. I think that could so that's in play as yeah. a possibility. Yeah, I mean that's what I should like about the idea of cycles and such. So yeah, I would agree. I don't think they're factually accurate. We know they're not because this is saying that. I mean, you know, they say twenty years from now it's the end of you know worlds we know and we all feel fine. But obviously that doesn't come to pass because you and I. No, said, yeah, we're having this. Is uh, yeah, no, that's obviously. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not yeah. gonna happen. So no, I I see where you're coming from, but yeah, like I. I say I've already said like I think that it's just going to serve as a narrative to foreshadow what happens to the characters, uh, and it's going to serve as like the really tumultuous moment in which Thorfinn is set free, and it's going to be incredibly fucking painful for him. But mm-hmm. well, he'll come through it. All right, let's get to the the patrons. All right, so we've got two patron questions here. Now I'm going to start with the second one first because um, the answer to this one is dead easy. Uh, this comes from Mirror on the Wall. Are you as disappointed as I am that we have to wait another week before we are finally properly introduced to Canute? The answer to that is yes. yes. Because my yes. initial reaction to this episode was, by God, we really are spinning our wheels in the mud. Now, time, you know, and thought brought up all the stuff we've discussed now. But I will also not lie and say that event-wise, what actually happened was not too dissimilar from previous episode. I feel like mm-hmm. in some way that you could condense the events of these two episodes into one. It'd be tight. It'd be very tight to do it, but you could. Um, so I want to see the pace of the show pick up again now, which I'm sure it will. You don't, ed- mm-hmm. you don't have an episode called Ragnarok where everyone discusses the end of everything and then says, oh yeah, we're going to go on a suicide mission. We're outnumbered five to one and our enemy is basically, <laughs> you know, li- like, you know, well, he's fucking Farkel, like at this point. Mm-hmm. You're going to end up getting in Farkel in a cell. It's going to be awful. You're going to die, man. Um, Thorkel in a cell. Yeah. So to answer the mirror's question, yes. Yeah. We've got to start, but we need to then get going. We need we need something. Man. We need some more. Like we need anything. I, oh, mm, I really want to know this character. It's so fascinating. Mm. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that, Doc, or is you are you in agreement? 
No, that's what I was. That's what oh, I was it? just saying. Yeah, like um, that, I really, really want to know this character. It's super yeah. frustrating that we didn't get more, more of. It. Like I, I, I need to know Canute. Mm. I want to know more. And the next question. This is a. This is probably one of the best questions that I've ever been asked as part of this podcast. <laughs> it's good. I, I can't. Yes. Uh, this comes from Blinkaji, uh, who's in the chat, and I'm sure that they will similarly join in with their own answers to this one. Uh, feel free to put your own answers in the chat as well to this one, folks. This is an open season one because it's just incredible. Which children's cartoon character would you least like to hear Forkel's voice coming out of? I thought about this long and hard. <laughs> I I feel like I could write a PhD paper on this. I could write an entire <laughs> doctorate on this. Yeah. But I've come to my conclusion. I would yeah. least like to hear Forkel's voice coming out of Barney the Dinosaur. <laughs> That's not a cartoon character, though. That's a fucking purple dinosaur! Don't tell me he's not a cartoon character! He's a mascot! Fuck you! He's a person in a... <laughs> he's in a suit! He's, he's not drawn on paper! He's been, drawn in, he's been animated a couple of times! Oh, I, will, I guess so. I will punch <laughs> the. I will punch the Atlantic Ocean. I'll punch you as well for for, for saying no to that. He's totally a fucking cartoon character. Oh, be, oh god! That's a, that's a really that's a bad one. That's a really bad one. As in Man. painful to think about. Can you just imagine like yeah. Paul Kell yelling while it, uh, voice yelling while Barney's running around with his stumpy little arms? Oh boy! Uh, so anyway. I narrowed it down. I narrowed it down to two people. Go on, I'll let you have two. I'll be well, nice. Neither neither of them are people. Um. So, my two are uh, Scrappy Doo. <laughs> no, you you win. You win. Like I thought, Barney was good. But actually giving Farkel's voice to that complete fucking load of a character. <laughs> oh my god. Mm-hmm. Oh. That it made me laugh. And uh Smurfette from the Smurfs. <laughs> of course. Uh would be nightmarish. <laughs> I think. Oh. oh Gargamel. How about Gargamel? Holy shit. It'd be more fitting, but yeah, I guess it would be pretty fucking creepy oh. if you were a kid and you and you oh heard that voice. God. Oh, oh, that was a great question, Blinkaji. Thank, thank you Bless for that. You. I, I'm not going to be able to get over that now. Fucking Scrappy Doo is voiced by Falcon. <laughs> uh, oh. I'm, I'm, my head's blown. Right. right. Anyway, uh, before we wrap up, I will just go to the polls uh, so mm-hmm. we can just check how we're getting on here. We've got three this week. So the first poll, uh, of which we only had three votes thus far, so get your votes on this, folks. Have a nosy it. Uh, in your opinion, what is the closest approximation of Farkel's expression at learning of Prince Canute being present? Zero uh, percent say constipation. Zero percent say Olive Garden breadsticks. Thirty-three percent say quad damage, and sixty-seven percent say Dick Dastardly. And I think that's probably quite accurate. There, just missing the long mustache. Going, mm-hmm. um, next question. Does Vinland Saga suggest that personal or societal cycles can be broken, or is the grinding wheel of decline and descendancy inescapable? Uh, 60% say yes, and 5% say no. 
That was me whipping out my dictionary pen and just slapping on the keyboard. I enjoyed it. Uh, next question. Should Thorfinn have killed Askeladd by now? Codes of Honor and Rights of Combat be damned. Uh, we have a 50-50 split on this at the moment with six votes, so three each. Uh, yes and no, respectively. So, uh, everyone at home who's taking part thus far in the polls, thank you very much. Uh, feel mm -hmm. free to, if you've not already done so, pop your own answers in. Very eager to hear them. Uh, you're also more than welcome to tweet at us, by the way, on which, uh, to solve from Blinkarge's question, which cartoon character you'd least like to hear Varkel's voice come from, or even which you'd love to hear it come from. Um, yeah. I mean, can you just, I'll throw another one out here. What about He-Man? <laughs> That would be incredible. Oh my god. That would be so... That would be so good. That would be so good. I would... Uh, I would I would like that. How about Cobra Commander? See now, Batros, <laughs> we've got to kill for kill. I'm Skeletor. <laughs> we've got to take London Bridge. Yeah, it wouldn't be the same if Skeletor like had a, a, a deep throaty voice oh god no it's no. gotta be so nasally <laughs> he, he absolutely must yeah um plankton oh <laughs> uh, okay um uh we didn't rate the episode we should but, uh i'm gonna say like i'm gonna give this one uh mm, i liked a lot about it uh i i thought uh, certainly a, a better than average episode of anime, but for this show, um, it it was a little light on uh, new stuff happening. Um, I did feel that you maybe could truncate some of this, um, figure out kind of a better way to intersplice it with other episodes um, to get the same information across to us. Mm -hmm. I just wanted more to happen. Um, despite liking uh, a lot of the um, conversations that happened in this episode and a lot of the development. So I'm going to go 3.75 mm -hmm. um, Fallen Crucifixes out of 5. Fair enough. Uh, I'm actually going to probably race it similarly to you. Um, there is one other thing I neglected to mention, which is I think the Wit Studio is also laying the side down a little with animating characters in groups again. Because uh, there were a lot of times <laughs> when characters were like all cuddled together and they were just completely frozen in the pose, like, uh huh. <laughs> like you'd have you'd have you know someone speaking in front of me here, and I would just be going <laughs> and not moving at all, um, even mm -hmm. though they would be making noises like they were cheering. And I mean, well, I guess they've all got great careers as ventriloquists after all the piracy's over. If they're able to do that, that's something. So yeah, laid down the side a little, but um, that's. Like, as far as visual fidelity issues go, like, uh, I've seen far worse, and that's been rare. So I only bring that up just because I noticed it here a fair bit. Um, say, the pace needs to pick up now, and I'm sure it will. I feel fairly confident in that. But I'm not going to lie as well and say that the last episode and this one and a little bit before that have not been a little bit of a lull. Like, when you have such a strong start, maintaining the pace of that is difficult, but I'm not also going to cut slack for not doing that. Um, so... I also will say that I did actually find it a little jarring how Thorfinn's like, don't be too chummy with me, Askeladd. And then they kind of are chummy-ish, like they still talk. He should have really just walked away. 
Well, that's mine. I'm not going to labor on that. <laughs> so I'm actually going to give this the exact same rating as you, Doc, for once. Well, you, you and I have parity this time around. Would you fucking believe it? Let me mark that on the list. First loss. time it's ever happened. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's like Ragnarok. It happens once in a lifetime. That's, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So in the end, uh, I will give this 3.75 Bjorn not eating mushrooms once out of five. Oh, poor Bjorn. Even, even poor you Bjorn. know he's off, on, having an off day when he's not doing that. Just must be suffering so deeply. <laughs> can, you, can, you, um, can you imagine like the like low negative tone version of the Super Mario Mushroom Power Noise? Like, totally. Well, folks, this has been episode ten Indeed. of Inland Saga for uh, our Stream of Thought series. Um, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we read some patron questions on the show, and if you'd like to submit patron Hell questions, yeah. uh, go on over to patreon.com slash show. and if you sign up for the Scythe Master tier, the $3 tier or higher, you'll be able to... <laughs> the best thing that, help, the best thing that uh, fans have ever created. I know. Yes, exactly. You'll be able to then ask us some questions in our Discord channel, uh, which we will then have to answer on these streams. Um, of course, you can always be part of chat on Twitch and in future on YouTube uh, to ask questions. And uh, if you are unable to financially support us uh, on Patreon, that is A-OK. We still appreciate your viewership, your mm. listenership. Um, give us a follow on Twitter. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's like... Probably where, like, not too many people actually listen to us through that, but, like, it helps the algorithm in the iTunes, or, sorry, not iTunes anymore, in the Apple Pod store. Um, we got a pretty uh, vibrant SoundCloud as well, um, podcast there, uh, and, of course, the VODs to this and everything we do podcast-wise uh, will be going up on YouTube Later this week, we're going to be finishing off Given. Oh, man. The final, the final Given. Man. Um, the taking. <laughs> First, the, the show is, was Given, Give. and it's about to be taken away. Given's 11. Give 11. Oh, my God. Given's 11. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if you are a, um, a tier bando patron, uh, look forward to, to that coming out this week hell yeah um i'm saying as well as other straight. other ventures yeah no sure and other other things we got in down the pike uh we've talked about some of them before some of them we can't talk about yet but i'm currently you... going to be covering tokyo godfathers which i saw for the first time uh, only on sunday and <sighs> holy shit yeah like, people said satoshi, right people said satoshi, satoshi Kong was good and i'm here just like no blowing load of smoke up his ass. Bullshit. I don't believe any of it. It's a, it ain't real. And I just watched it. I'm just like. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm sure you didn't actually think that. No, I just no, I'm no, I just sure. I just took a long drink of straight vodka because I thought so. God, I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's cracky. It's cracky piece of work that I will be covering that in exhaustive detail coming soon. 
Yeah. Um, and like I said, some of it we can't talk about yet, but follow <laughs> us want, on Twitter. I don't want to talk about it, but that's you'll, different. You'll, <laughs> well, though, some of it you do want to talk about, but we just we want to keep it under wraps until, <laughs> that's until you, closer that's to That's what time. you think. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, thanks everybody for hanging out. Um, We really love and appreciate all of you. And until next time, embrace each other, everyone, to the ends of the universe. Rack the rock and roll!